Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Imagine if your company could employ a mobile global sales team that assigns sales reps to carry out your sales functions targeting any region, and a team that will develop the sales process while providing data tracking systems for scalable revenue strategies, and all within a context where you don't have to alter your own sales strategies, so to speak. William Gilchrist is CEO and founder of Consig, formerly Google Regional Sales Manager manager for three years and then head of knowledge for APEC for one year. William, welcome to Influence. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? You make us sound so cool. Awesome. Oh, thank you very much. The day should always start with a compliment. <laughs> now tell me, why did you want to start Consig and what gap in the market were you hoping to fill? Well, over the years, I was working primarily in the lead generation tech sales space. And then I moved on into Google to do some sales and then going into the startup space as well. So I was able to see kind of the younger kind of phase of the sales process, the corporate sales process in mm. tech, and then also the startup tech process for sales. And what I found was that there was consistent use of archaic sales systems. Everyone was using systems that, like, let's say, IBM was using from sales processes from the 80s, even till today. And people are kind of married to those processes. And being the son of an artist, I was always kind of like, well, can we paint outside of the box? Let's look at these things a little bit differently. And can we optimize? We optimize technology, but do we optimize our sales processes? And that's something that I noticed wasn't really happening the market. That is fascinating. So when we talk about tech and, you know, we know that data is a new oil, so to speak, I wonder what Consig brings to companies in terms of utilizing the latest tech or data? Well, um, in terms of data in particular, I mean, it's what you want to sort as actual data. I think the most important numbers that any company wants to know is their sales cycles and how sellable is their product in the market Mm. and um, how does it sell in certain regions versus other regions. Like how your product sells, let's say, in New York might not be how it sells in Tanzania and also might not be how it sells in Shanghai. But all of those actual sales cycles are super important and it's something to allow companies, particularly founders, to know how to shape and shift either their marketing but also their product to be able to make it scale. All right. You have more than a decade's worth of sales experience throughout U.S. and here in Asia as well. Do you see any differences in terms of the way sales, the lifeblood of companies, is thought of or executed or approached between the East and the West? So I would break it down further than that. Um, So East and West, we can go deeper. I mean, how the U.S. does business in terms of sales versus Canada versus Brazil versus Colombia. I mean, those are totally different markets. Mm. And then you look at, um, let's say, the East. You look at Vietnam versus Thailand. I I guess broadly, are there cultural differences um, between the Eastern approach and the Western approach? Well, I would say that one common thing, and that's kind of what I was going to get to, is just like the one thing that we tend to find in sales that is unique in the West is that you can remotely sell a product on the phone Mm -hmm. in the West. You can never meet someone. You could give them a phone call. You can give them a great sales pitch. You can show them some slides remotely. You can give them all your, your website information, your email, and you could probably close a deal and never, ever meet that person and see that person. That's very rare in the East. 
commonly you need to have a little bit more contact or you need uh, references, you need to have face-to-face. There's usually a face-to-face meeting. So we tend to find those trends to be the most uh, unique in terms of East versus West. But other than that, you have to drill down even further, I mean, to be able to hit these particular markets. That is really an interesting insight. So when it comes to sales here in Singapore, it's a very particular market. They always say you have to you know, understand your audience in, in order to be good at sales. What sort of advice would you have for sales here in Singapore? Well, primarily for the actual companies here um, that are looking to scale outside, I think it's really sourcing um, a variety of different sales talents to be able to scale outside of Singapore. And even that they want to sell inside of Singapore, mm. I think that they need to really develop a unique sales approach and not just repeat processes that are already there. Think about something that's completely unique and that's completely separate. And I, it kind of sounds like I'm saying marketing, but really I'm not. I'm actually saying from a sales perspective, doing more solution selling is key, not product selling. So figuring out what problems your product is actually solving or what value add is actually bringing versus just doing a general sales pitch, which is this product does A, B, C, and D. Mm. Are you interested in buying? Which is the most common way. Yeah. We have to go further than that and say, okay, well, yes, this product does A, B, C, and D, but this is how it's helped these individuals or these type of companies or this particular region for these particular purposes. That way you're able to kind of take a sales pitch and really customize it for the person that you're talking to. So how does Consig deploy this mobile sales team? Do they work anywhere across the world? You work in more countries outside of Singapore and the U.S. as well. So we have about seven offices around the world. Uh, We have about 108 people right now. And it's a sales mercenary group. I mean, effectively, we take contracts and um, we build businesses from a revenue perspective. So we've taken two different companies to Series A. Actually, they're Singaporean companies. So from C to Series A, we've assisted them in terms of their revenue justifying a Series A evaluation. Um, And also, at the same time, we're full sales departments for some MNCs in the world as well. And we're hidden, actually. So we don't advertise our clients. So our claim to fame is that Mm. we're kind of that shadow sales group that sits there. I wonder if there's any experience from, you know, your time in Google in terms of approaching business that you brought over to Consig when you began your own startup. I would say that Google allowed me to dream. I think dreaming big, Google does a really good job of kind of showing its employees that um, nothing's impossible. Mm -hmm. But I would say my sales actual skills came from uh, before that. uh, A mentor of mine, uh, Cal Hegarty, who actually heads up... uh, leadership nomad. He's the one who brought me to Singapore and effectively he assisted in really kind of shaping my sales ability. So I worked with him in TSL marketing and that's probably where I honed my sales skills. But Mm -hmm. Google definitely brought that fire of, you know, just saying, okay, we can build a spaceship out of a straw. Uh, You're a regional news sales manager. So I was a new business sales manager. Yes. So we were kind of that first real team in Asia Pacific to go out there and generate revenue in the SME space for Google. Yeah. Really fascinating. So when it comes to your mobile sales team, the global mobile sales teams, how do you work with your clients? What are you seeing clients wanting from the sales team? Well, it depends on the on the bucket. So large MNCs would use us in the event that they have a product or a particular um, service that they want to bring into a region that they're currently not sitting in and they don't want to 
commit so much budget into the headcount, sure. into their internal headcounts to, you know, okay, we want to launch this in Lithuania, but I don't want to send my team over there. Mm. So they would contract us and then we would assume their identity. So we would have their business cards and their email accounts and stuff like that. And we would be part of that company and no one would know that it's Consig. Mm. Um, in the event that it's a startup, we're, of course, the on-the-ground people consulting, doing our advisory services for the founder, showing them how to build their sales departments. Also, we're the acting vice president of sales and we're also the sales team and we're also the pre-sales team. So we do the end-to-end service so companies can just focus on having their product and doing their marketing and then we are the sales team making it happen. I wonder if you can share some tips on what leaders today need to understand about building an efficient sales team. Well, 92% of all founders, they did a study recently, I think it was Cary Institute, 92% of all founders have never actually been on a sales floor. They have no sales experience. And something like 60% of all sales managers have never actually done a cold call. So we always assume that because someone has started a business or they run a business that they're suddenly good at sales. And it's not really the case. So the advice that I would give the founders is, you know, removing the ego and just saying, look, you know, either get a specialist to come in to help build that sales function properly and then teach you how to run it or get into the sales kind of meat of things of your own business, sell your own product, learn exactly how it's being sold and learn. Get on the shopping floor. Yeah, get on the shopping floor, get, get rejected a thousand times. That's the best way to learn how to sell is that have a thousand people tell you no. <laughs> That's the best way to learn. That's a great one. And so this show is called Influence and we love getting to know business leaders a little bit better. What has been sort of a major obstacle for you to step into your sales prowess and how have you overcome that? Well, I just kind of hinted at it there. A lot of rejection uh, was, is really good influence. I'm um, getting a lot of no's in the sales floor, but I would say that how I kind of got into the sales world was primarily... Um, when I was director of admissions of my old high school. So I was actually in charge of bringing boys to an all-boy Catholic school when there was a free co-ed school right next door. Now that's sales, right? <laughs> so I had to convince these boys to go to all boy Catholic school that's, that's super strict. <laughs> so that was actually my intro into sales, and you know I learned Tough how crowd. to yeah I learned you how to sell grandmothers it. and and moms and tradition selling tradition on on families. So that was actually the the initial phase. But really, Singapore really accelerated my. I've been here ten years, so clearly you love Sing- Asia. You're also well versed in Mandarin, is it? Uh, well, yeah, I'd lived in China for four years, and right. I was in China when I was thirteen. Right. So I was I've been in. Asia for a really long time, actually. Okay, so is there room for pressure tactics in sales? Pressure tactics? Uh, no. I think that that's um, really good for the movies. Otherwise, if you really saw a real sales pitch, it wouldn't be very entertaining. Um, it'd be a lot of listening, a lot of nodding, a lot of... Um, what do you call it, the Socratic method? A lot of questions, but that's not really good for film. So normally in movies, you'll get the Wolf of Wall Street, you'll get the A-type personalities, but usually B-type personalities are the ones who hit their targets faster because they're listening and they're able to do you a solution. You mean introverts? Introverts. I'm, I'm actually an introvert, really? oddly enough, so and a lot of people are in, in, in my company. And it's we usually target those because those people listen and they're able to actually do a solution sell to get someone to really buy. I can always sound cool. I can always be loud. I can always steamroll someone. Mm. But that doesn't really mean that I've inspired them or I've actually brought them to a point to where they say, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy this. 
And that's what people kind of miss behind closed doors. It's a real talent to move people to action. Takes a lot of listening and a lot of just understanding where someone's head might be. And that's where the culture point comes in that you mentioned East versus West. Yes. You cannot sell a New Yorker the same way you sell somebody in Singapore or the same way you sell somebody in Japan or in India. It's all different. And you have to be, one, a person of the world, so well-traveled. But actually caring about people and what people would want to know about a particular value that you're bringing. And that's really what a salesperson does. Hey, what's next for Consig? Next for Consig? Well, hopefully we're going to be closing a lot more deals. We have some big projects up this year, in particular dealing more with countries, which I'm really excited about, like actual governments. And we want to do a lot more in Singapore. So we're talking to a lot of venture capital firms to see if we can work with their portfolios. Most of our clientele is actually outside of Singapore, which hurts us because I'm headquartered here and I'm, I feel like I'm, this is my second home next to Chicago, right? So <laughs> We're looking to do a lot more locally. Well, hopefully that changes soon. I hope so. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming by. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Great meeting you. William Gilchrist is CEO and founder of Consig here on Influence. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.